Great job, Chris. And I'm just going to invite up any kid who wants an early Christmas present to come up on the stage right over here. I know Zeke. Come on, buddy. No? Okay. My own son won't come up. This is the danger. I got a couple. Come on. If you want a present, you got to come on up. Yay, yay. One, two, three, four, five, six. They just need a little bit of time. While they're coming up, we are excited for the upcoming in 2024 to have two gatherings. Partially, it's because we have so many awesome kiddos. Here's a great, this is a good, like, uh, we could do a little uh, surveying up here of, of what you think about E3 Kids. How many of you love Miss Maribel? Raise your hand. Better raise your hand. There we go. If you want to help Miss Maribel with these awesome kiddos and others, make sure you talk to her. She's sitting right front and center here. We need help in 2024 for E3 Kids specifically. But kids, I want to talk about a little bit about transformation tonight. If you could change into anything in the entire world, use your imaginations, think big or little, what would you turn into? A dog. A cat. A chicken. We got animals going here. What are we going to transform into? Dust. Very creative. A what? A dog. We got some dogs. How many of you transform into something almost imaginary? What about a dragon? Ooh, no. A pig? A what? Anything in the world. Love. Oh, wow. And the service is over. Thank you so much for coming. We'll see you next year in 2024. That was a perfect answer. I want you to think about things that you can transform into in people. We can't transform into anything but ourselves, right? And what we have on Christmas night, and I'm going to talk a long time in a little bit about, is that Jesus was God. Think how big God is. And then Jesus becomes what on Christmas? He becomes a baby. Yeah. And he's a tiny baby. If I had the power of God and I could walk on water and I could transport anywhere I wanted to and I could read minds and I could rearrange people's faces because that'd be fun. We'd all do that as God. (laughs) Would you want to become a baby? How many of you want to become a baby again? Yeah. Okay. One, one. Okay. You rarely want to become something smaller. And so that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. What I want you guys to do is over here, look over here. There's a table full of sticker books. Don't go yet. Over here, there's a table full of Legos. Okay. I know it's a hard decision. You can either have a sticker book or a Lego. There's a QR code on the screen right now, parents. And this is what's kind of fun for you to take your phones. We're going to give you plenty of time to click on this. There's a link where you can take where your kids are making and post it and they can see what other people are making in the room right now, live. Um, So you can allow this through a really neat app. It's all free. You don't have to sign up or anything. Just click a picture and say, here's what my kid made. Now, this is all up to you. You are the parents after all. Moms and dads, I did not get a bunch of random Legos that are just going to be scattered everywhere. There's one container box, guys. And one Lego set. You get two over here. Over here, it's just one book. Does it make sense? Now, parents, I also realize, because I have my own children, one's up here, they will take 45 minutes picking the perfect one that they want. That's okay. They're going to give a little bit of a time here. Miss Maribel's going to help over there. I'll help a little bit over here. And we're going to give them that opportunity to really listen to this message and understand what transformation truly is. Kids learn best sometimes by doing and playing with something, and that's okay. Any sounds they make during this message... I will love because they're from heaven, okay? I'm going to pray over you guys and I'm going to dismiss you. You know which we're going to go? Sticker books or Legos? You got to pick one. We're going to pray and we're going to say go, okay? 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for these children. I thank you for the ability for them being here in this place here tonight. And God, I pray you'd bless them with your presence in their lives, guiding and directing their path all the days. And we ask your blessing as a church body together saying, amen. Go. I tried to time it perfectly. The attention span of a child picking out a toy. 45 minutes later, it's perfect. Yay, ideal. Most of us, when attending a Christmas Eve sermon, consider the baby. We marvel at the Magi. We reminisce about sweet moments of peaceful tranquility as shepherds tip throw through sheep purring with a starlit sky that is brighter than our normal sky, right? but still pretty good for a newborn to sleep in a cuddly bed of warm hay. Everyone? But rarely do we think about what happened to Jesus on this night. Rarely do we consider the transformation that I just mentioned to these kids what occurs. And this is where the sermon series of Christmas as will delve tonight, as we have with Mary, with the shepherds, and with last week with the Magi. But listen to how Paul puts it in Philippians 2 who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself what, church? By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Paul writes this to the Philippian church 75 years or so after Christmas, and he combines vignettes of Christmas and Easter together. But tonight, it's not obviously Easter, it's remember we see that Jesus is God becoming man, and not a fully grown man, but as a tiny, vulnerable baby. This, friends, is the most amazing transformation, which in 2023 isn't shocking due to Hollywood. See, Hollywood loves this plotline, this cinema, this trope, and the ability for one main character to transform into something completely different. Whether it's a person becoming their pet, a father becoming a son, a mother becoming a daughter, or vice versa, and everyone's worst, this is the worst movie right here of all time. Thank you, Mike. Make Mike, Pastor Mike Overstreet, ladies and gentlemen. This, where Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's basketball powers goes to a teenager and no one sees it happening. It's the worst plotline ever. Or the real world one that's happening right now. One football team taking the place of the rightful place of another. The rightful place of another, friends. This is an injustice. Boo, Texas. Boo, Alabama. I'll be getting emails. I know. I know. I... I hear both like cheers and also like this like 
guttural pain like you're having an appendicitis. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> We, we, need, we, need to get, we need to get Chris some help, everyone. In all honesty, there's this, this trope has been overused by Hollywood, where somehow I can be transformed into something else. And sure, we can imagine it. I love hearing the kids imaginatively play, thinking I'll be a dog, a cat, a pig, a dragon. Big things, cool things, things that I can't actually understand and see. But Jesus as Christmas is a story of transformation. And not just any transformation like Hollywood portray, but God, God's self, becoming a man. I'd like to use a little bit of geometry to get this in our minds because sometimes math can illustrate things that words cannot. We all remember geometry, right? I see the middle schoolers in the back and they're saying, no, 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 stop, Pastor Scott. This is winter break. Geometry for a moment though, for a moment. There's this idea of a line where we have one dot on the one and one on the dot on the other. And that's called a line, anybody know? Segment, well done. A lot of you know this isn't even Je Bible Jeopardy. This is like geometry 101. A segment has a, a set beginning and a set end. And many of our lives are like this, amen? And, and we have these great funeral messages that talk about that dash. And this is what it's kind of talking about. There, there's a beginning point, mine's September 8th, 1980. And there's an end point that's yet to be determined. And it's that dash that we live through. But as Christians, friends, we have the audacity to say that we're not a segment, we are a ray. And that ray at the end, it, it keeps going. And if you can imagine this, and this is where my brain hurts, right? Because this line on the back doesn't just stop at an end point. It goes on for how long? So we know that this way is north because we talked about this a hundred times in this message, in messages in the past. This way goes, I mean, you're going through what? Georgia. And then after Georgia goes to what? Yeah, I don't know either. So here it just keeps going forever and then goes out of the planet because the planet curves over so slightly and somewhere we're in Alpha Centauri and then we're in another galaxy and just forever just breaks my brain because I can't think forever. It's in Ecclesiastes, it says that God put eternity inside our hearts, but we cannot hold it. We cannot conceive it. We cannot fathom what eternity would look like. But we have the audacity to say because of Jesus Christ, this is our future. But what happens is, is Jesus is both ways. See, it's a true line. It goes on one way forever, and it goes on the other way forever. Jesus is the alpha and the omega. And what that means is it's the beginning and the end. And the beginning and the end is eternal in Jesus' mind eye. But it's not just eternal on this line. Can you imagine this line, you know, turning and becoming a, this way and going this way and going every way, where it's this, this, this sphere, which is also eternal, and this sphere going forever. That's how big Jesus is. Before this night. See, Jesus is this in every direction, in every way, and yet chooses to put on flesh and becomes a line segment. The God becomes a man. And it's in my opinion that the delicacy of life and the complexity of life in this world deserves this creator, this idea. And I don't exactly know how or what, but I do know the why. What is even more remarkable in my faith is to consider the creator becoming one of the created. The creator becoming one of the created. It is where faith becomes a fun scientific theory to complete madness. God becoming man? You can kind of fathom it if I'm a mechanic and I'm working in a car and all of a sudden I become a part of the car. Right? It's ridiculous. A singer singing it so well they become part of the song itself. 
You could say emotionally. No, I'm talking about literally they become the song and they're no longer there as a singer. Or what about the photographer? Not just becoming the selfie, which we're all very good at taking, but actually becoming the camera that takes the picture. See, there's nothing wrong to marvel at passages in Matthew and Luke that give a play-by-play of this Christmas story. We hear them every single Christmas, but tonight I want to get into the book of John. It's much more theological about this idea of what happens on this Christmas to Jesus as Christmas as Jesus. And to consider the theological consequences that happens on this night. And that's where I want to get into John chapter 1. We know the beginning. Many of us open up our Bibles before and it says, in the beginning was the Word. And we know that this idea of Word is more a theological kind of, a more philosophical idea. Word coming in the Greek, meaning that there's this idea of something bigger than all of us. And John writing to people who don't understand maybe all of the Judaism context, he uses this very carefully. And he gets into this idea of what happens to Jesus. We're going to jump in, starting at verse 9. John writes this, the true light that gives light to the world, light to everyone, excuse me, was coming into the world. An alternative translation could look like this. He was the real light that illuminates every man as he comes into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but did not receive him. The idea of the world is the Greek word cosmos. And what's interesting is that the creator becomes a part of the created here. But even more so, consider that would have no existence without the creator. No meaning until the creator becomes the created. Consider again that selfie idea, where the photographer that couldn't actually identify what they looked like on that camera becomes part of the camera. It's this idea, very meta, of this infinity idea that if I don't understand who I am and I'm taking a picture of myself and no flash of awareness of that creator that became the created was among anyone who understood who Jesus was. It'd be one thing if Jesus walked around with a t-shirt that said God. Oh, yeah, okay, hey, he's God. But through his life, even through his death, and not until his resurrection did it become clear to the observers of Jesus' life who he was except potentially for Mary. Jesus' mother understood there's something a little bit different about what transpires this Christmas night. But John continues, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. We see that in verse 12, the idea of believing has to also equal receiving. When we accept this gift of what Jesus is, when we accept what this word is, what this light that illumines all things is, we have to tangibly and intangibly both receive the confidence that our faith is in something we can take. We make it a part of our own possession, friends. By being so received, Jesus then allows us to be in the family of God. This new birth is spiritual. It's not biological. And it relates back in the same chapter in verses 4 and 5 in John. He writes this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So we see in verse 14 a moment ago that, that Jesus is this light. But not just light. He's the word 
the creator of all humanity who came into the world and became a part of the created. And seeing this new glory means a personal observation of this new reality. If we go back to the geometry, so to speak, if we consider it this way, fathom that this line that goes forever and only through the line can a segment ever consider the fact that we could have eternal life. But it's only because the line becomes one of the segments and understands what it means to have this life, understands what it means to be tempted by this world, understands what it means to be betrayed, to be born, to have all the infirmities that we go through, all the iniquities that we bear, but not sin is what creates a new pathway for us to have everlasting life. Jesus opens up a way through the gospel of John, a new way of thinking, not just about my life, but about life in general. This reality reminds me of the concept of adoption. It's the only time in our legal code where in all of society, including law itself, testifies that something isn't true, really truly is. It's the only time. And it couldn't be so more so with my family. See, in adoption, you become something you maybe weren't before. And it isn't like a Kevin Durant movie or any other Hollywood that loves these days. It isn't like a platitude either. See, adoption is redefining. And I've heard every platitude on this topic that I can bear to hear, friends. Adoption each time is reorienting and redefining for all parties, including incredible birth moms and relatives on every side. We've had four truly unbelievable, amazing adoptions, all fueled by amazing women, and specifically my amazing wife. Adoption is a daily struggle to know how to be and who your kids need to be while also giving them a better life than the one you know how to give. See, friends, this Christmas, realize that God adopted you to the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't the only one born on this night, see? According to John and the entire Gospel of John, on this night, we were reborn too. If I could become and transform myself into something greater for my kids, I'd give up my life to do so. But remarkably, inexplicably, God does so for us through God's own son. Jesus Christ becomes us, gives up eternity, transforms himself into a baby to eventually save us from sin, from death, from condemnation, and adopts us to forgiveness, to true life, and to a whole new family. Let's just fathom that for a moment. The Christmas not only signifies the adoption, it, it signifies a new family that you're a part of. And if you look around a little bit, this is the spiritual family you get to have, not just for this life, but for eternity. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of counseling a couple of different people who were having a pretty hard disagreement. And one of the moments that really transformed how they were thinking is I just kind of 
jokingly said, but sometimes those jokes hit a little closer to home. I said, you know, if, if you're a Christian and you really believe in what we're talking about here, you have to live with this person not only for this life, but for eternity. <laughs> that was hard for one person in particular to hear because they were thinking if I could just get out of this argument for this next 10 minutes and maybe I'll be scot-free, no pun intended, but it works. I can get t- 10 minutes of listening to this guy talk. But then the, the realization of, oh, no, I have to be with this person for eternity was terrifying for them. This idea of who we are and what this family is for all of us needs some refocusing, some redefining in our day-to-day lives. We're not just here for a night, for a segment. We're here for an eternity with each and every person in here and with the birth of this little baby. As the worship team comes back out right now to sing an amazing special song, I'd like you to listen to the words. I'd like you to give up your pretenses about a silent night and realize what this song and silent night is all about. It's about Jesus, but it's also about us. Away in a manger is not about the marvel of Christ, but creation speaks about his orientation to the created. Angels singing, not because necessarily only of a baby, but because we have access and those shepherds had access to God Almighty. Joy to the world, not because of anything in the past or in the future, but today, yes, today, in this very moment, a reconciliation to God through adoption by the life and death of Jesus Christ. It is in this hope we sing. It is in this peace we praise. The joy we rejoice and the love we cherish this Christmas. That Christ is Christmas means we all are reborn with a new identity founded in adoption and rejoicing at our coming Messiah. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.